Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Fox 12 Weather Podcast. This is episode 76. Today is Thursday, November 2nd. I'm meteorologist Jeff Orgeron, joined by Camilla Ortiz. Hey Camilla. Hello. And chief meteorologist Mark Nelson. Hey Mark. Hey Jeff and Camilla. Hey guys, uh, so you're both recording from home. I'm in studio. We're wrapping up Good Day Oregon right now. Um, It's been a pretty windy morning along the coast. I saw you guys were sending out some push alerts to the Fox 12 weather app uh, yesterday, kind of giving people mm-hmm. a heads up about the wind. By the way, if you don't already have that downloaded, that's a really good way to get updates on what's coming weather-wise. Um, oh, yeah. So, nice promotion. Uh, well played. Good. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go over kind of the pattern that we're experiencing. We have certainly entered a really active pattern in terms of the rain, and at times we'll be dealing with wind, high elevation snow. Um For the folks that are just listening to the podcast, we have our outline of the podcast up right now. We're going to do an October review, kind of go over the numbers for October 2023. Uh, We'll talk about uh, the fact that we have entered that wet pattern. We'll take a look at some of the uh, rainfall outlooks. We'll talk about any potential mountain snow coming or kind of some sad views of the uh, mountains because (laughs) it's been pretty warm. Yeah, Uh, there could be some, you know, potential for even more active weather down the road. So Mark is really going to dive into that. Uh, We'll give you maybe a first alert there. And then we have a really cool graphic to show you of average annual rainfall around the Pacific or around the metro area. And by the way, for the folks that are just listening, (laughs) I totally messed up the graphic. Uh, I typed out annual, A-N-U-U-L-A-L. I totally misspelled it. Annual. Um, And Mark is zooming in on that right now to shame me. So thank you. Exactly. It's exactly. okay, Jeff. It shows that we're all human and everyone makes mistakes. Oh, wow. Is this is this a lie? Okay, guys. What is nope, this? But, nope, it's it's a view out my window about a half hour ago. Tell me what's going on there. I looked out the window and when I first came up to make coffee, is it was that a clear. Double, and then, double pan? Is that a... I thought moisture was getting it. I thought moisture was getting in between like the window or nope. something. No, no, no. The windows were clear when I woke up. I look out and most of my windows, especially on the south side of the house, were suddenly fogged up on the outside. What was going on? Come on, meteorologists. I mean, why did it suddenly fog up? The same, it's the same process that occurs when we take off for work and our windows fog up in our car. Uh, But on the outside. Is that what you're getting? Oh, that's fogging up on the outside? Yep. Does this give you a hint? The temperature is warming up outside oh the temperature's warming up yeah 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 Yeah, southerly wind yeah yeah so we had the cool easterly wind all night all yesterday um here the current view and uh, easterly wind still there's a a very thin layer of cool air it's still 52 at troutdale 49 at the odot sensor at troutdale but it's 60 with the south wind like a mile away overhead so the warm air is surfacing i live at a thousand feet and sure enough my temperature went from 45 when i first woke up i think it's like 55 now so that happens in the winter time from time to time, but the southerlies are taking over. What a change this morning! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can we go back to that uh, image, yeah. the picture. Yeah. So, is that the chicken coop right there? Or is that a greenhouse? That's the greenhouse. No, it's, it's a greenhouse in the hot tub. Oh, okay. Um... Got to get a view of the hot tub, of course. That's a common <laughs> topic on this podcast. It probably comes up every other week. <laughs> yeah, there's nobody. Actually, in. that's the pool. My bad, Mark. That's the pool, the Mark Nelson pool. What um, on the no, po- Pools to the left, off off the picture. Oh. That's retired for the year. That's uh, out of commission. 
moving on. <laughs> but I just thought that was interesting. I thought that was interesting that you, we get that sometimes. Sometimes you'll get that driving from the cool air up into the warmer air when we have an inversion. So, But it's all going to be wiped out soon. Everybody's got a warm day. I'll be honest. Yeah. I didn't think there was going to be a quiz at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> there you go. Yeah pressure was on. <laughs> All right. Um, let's, let's talk about the month of October. Uh, you guys, I think, uh, edited these graphics. Um, so Camilla, mm-hmm. I'm sure you're familiar with how this all played out. Um, so the yeah. way you take this one away. Well, we started the month of October, very warm. As you can see, we had, you know, four days there above 80 degrees. Uh, so that really kind of bumped our, our average temperatures, uh, quite a bit. I mean, I think through, correct me if I'm wrong, through the first half or through the 17th or something like that, weren't we closer to four degrees warmer than normal? Yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yep. Um, and then, you know, things started to cool down. So you can see from the 24th to the 28th, we were starting to see below average days uh, temperature wise. So, um, you know, it seems like fall has finally set in, in the last oh, yeah. week of October. But as you can see from this graphic, or if you can't see, uh, it says 2.2 degrees warmer than normal on average, and it's our 10th warmest October on record in Portland. There you go. Rainfall was... Yeah, yeah eh. kind of meh, exactly. Yeah, but, <laughs> but as expected, right? I mean, October is very much still kind of a transition month, so we right. had some rainy days, we had some dry days. Uh, it looks like our wettest day here on the calendar the 24th where we got or no 16th excuse me oh yeah that was 16th, a soaker yeah we got uh almost eight tenths of an inch that day but i liked uh, october i thought yeah. it was a good month i mean some rain we didn't have to worry about fire season because we had some rain and it was over you know fire wise so then mm-hmm. we enjoyed the dry days and uh, i thought it was a pretty pleasant october in general yeah. yeah so we got two and a half inches about of rain total so below average but not terrible and so the graphic that Mark just pulled up is the top 10 warmest Octobers on record. Camilla just mentioned that this was the 10th warmest average temperature between night and day was 57.8 degrees. Um, but last year, last October still ranks the warmest average temperature of 61.4 right. degrees. We had um, last October, we had the Nakia Creek fire burning in right. um Southwest Washington that was sending some smoke into the metro area and there were some fires getting out of control in the coast range. So it was nice to have a change this year, uh, kind of it was a good. wetter, cooler October, slightly yeah. cooler at least. Um, all right. So clearly we are in the wet season now. Would you guys agree? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, definitely. It has arrived. It's funny. Um, I showed this image this morning. We show it every day, of course, on various newscasts, but I showed it yesterday morning. Bonnie and Joe were sitting at the desk and they were like, oh, there's still some snow on the ground. What are the (laughs) expectations for the mountain? I was like, this is going to be gone soon. And then I brought this view in this morning and the snow was almost completely wiped out. There are a couple patches there. Look at the temp. Yeah. 52. 52 up at Ski Bowl, folks. So, yeah. And you know what? I've, I've learned this over the years. Mild rain melts snow much more quickly than just warm, sunny days. Because in, in the cool season, the, the 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 sunshine is pretty weak anyway. But it's like the, the rain really does it more so than the sunny days. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the I thought I had one more. Pretty pathetic. But yeah. I mean, yeah. we, oh, and Camilla, you had a little saying that you were trying to, <laughs> you were trying to quote Mark last night. If you haven't been to Camilla's Twitter page, you should check out the oh. video. It was so bad. So Mark, so Mark was saying this at the end of last week, right? You know, after the snowfall and he pretty much like, yeah, it's going to melt. And that clip was actually from the weekend. It was from Saturday's 10 PM show. And 
I'm I'm noticing that the snow is melting up there. And I was like, oh, perfect. I should say that saying that, that Mark threw out. But before I went on, Jeff, I was like, you're going to botch it. Like, how many times have you said this? <laughs> Never. But of course I get on TV and I was like, I got this. I can challenge myself to do. And then I just completely screwed it up. So October well snow comes and goes november snow stays and grows that's what i was trying to say didn't come out that and, way and what you don't see in that clip on twitter Thanks. is that uh, that there was a director in your ear drew god bless him he was trying to help out but he gave you the wrong phrase while he's trying to help you out so it's extra confusing yeah it was just was a great. hot mess yeah go watch that if you want a good laugh later what, today. i gotta give gotta give uh, credit to former co-worker drew jackson he's a great meteorologist mm. and he he's the one that uh first introduced that phrase to me and i think he got it from somewhere else but i don't know where huh. yeah, yeah it's good anyway, I mean, great you can get it right it's great it's always so hard as meteorologists we don't read a prompter we're ad-libbing and whenever mm -hmm. a director or a producer gets in our ear we have to almost parse our brain our thoughts like what am i saying and what are they saying right. it's very yeah. hard to digest so we were watching that in real time on that video clip of Camilla there. Um, very difficult. By the way, if you're watching the podcast, I look like a ghost right now because the light in the other room, the audio room, just went out. It's on a timer. So I may jump up and turn it back on. I may not. Uh, yeah. So we'll go ahead and move on. All right. So we got the snow level forecast up here. Um, and I think big picture is we're going to be dealing with this mild, wet stuff through right. the weekend. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, look at the uh, high snow levels. I mean, in November, we can sometimes have great snow in the in, in November up in the Cascades, and we can have cold storms, and uh, we're suddenly skiing on the 10th or 15th of November. But we don't see much. And in fact, if I'm correct, now I didn't look at the morning maps, but Tuesday and Wednesday when the snow level drops a lot, the precip's tapering off, isn't it? Isn't it a cool troughing? There's pretty good agreement between computer models and their ensembles that we're going to be drying out Tuesday into Wednesday. We might okay. actually have two consecutive dry days, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday's kind of up in the air, though. Yeah. yeah. Crazy, crazy talk. Two, two consecutive dry days now sounds like a godsend. Yeah. You know? Yeah. S some sun breaks could be good. Actually, <laughs> we might have some inversions that we deal with, but um, that's a story for another day. All right. Uh, What's next on the docket here, guys? Um, I think I just lost it. Let's oh, wait, no, the, I didn't. Let's talk about let's talk about the rain. Um, That's so right, it's, rainy. So I got to pull up some other graphics while, okay, we, while we talk we'll, about we'll the rain. We'll let you do that, but we've clearly entered this wet pattern. Um, the ridge that brought us, like I think it was six consecutive dry days, that has flattened out, and that's kind of opened the doors to multiple weather systems that are moving in from the Pacific. It's like a train of systems that are never-ending. I mean temporarily yeah. they'll end mid next week but um and they're they're coming generally in from the generally they're coming in from the west southwest and that means usually warmer uh, right very could, mild could really tap into atmospheric rivers and they mm -hmm. they can be pretty juicy as uh, we like to say here in the on the first slide or we're not the first live local weather team anymore <laughs> i've tried to say that a lot on air but yeah it happens yeah it happens first weather, it happens. First weather, weather team all right um so yeah, we have some pretty wet systems coming in, high snow levels. Uh, we're going to show you a couple of different computer models here. We're not showing you the ensembles necessarily, which give us better averages. But so this right. is this has constantly been the wetter computer model over the past four or five days. It's been showing some impressive uh, rainfall outlooks, um, and this is the outlook between Thursday at five p.m. 
and Tuesday. So it's like a four and a half day outlook um, for the next series of storm systems. Um, and this is showing, this is the European model showing about, you know, maybe upwards of two and a half to four inches of rain along the I-5 corridor and potentially four to six inches of rain along the coast. And uh, we always end up getting more rain along the coast range in Cascade. So maybe five to eight right. inches if this verifies on western facing slopes. Seems like they've been too heavy often. Not always, but uh, too too heavy. They, and the Euro tends to be a little heavier many times, I've noticed. I mean, I bet I bet we're more in the two to three inch range from this point yeah. forward. Well, and, and yeah, that's, that's why I've one. kind of been showing. Uh, yeah, this is European model. And then we'll contrast that to the GFS model. GFS. Um, and this is showing that's more reasonable. Like, yeah, two to three inches, I-5 corridor. Right. Uh, three to four and a half along the coast. So maybe shave off an inch or so. Um, and possibly greater, to- probably greater totals in the higher terrain. So the one thing I don't like about this product is we it's 50 kilometer resolution, which is terrible. The ensemble it, average and, and just, uh, I, I wish we had better definition. Like it, it would totally. show if, if, if it had higher resolution, you would see higher totals in the mountains. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but I think two to four inches is a fair bet. Not enough to cause flooding unless we mm-hmm. get really intense precip for, uh, you know, a certain, uh, amount of time here's one actually let me go back to uh this one and by the way okay, we're, when, mark oh, when you say yes. flooding you mean more nuisance flooding correct because the rivers yeah. are still so low right now exactly right. so what one product we look at here's a great one this is um from the gfs it's the ensemble average but it, it's um what you see here is a whole lot of numbers right <laughs> each horizontal line here is one model run all right so at the bottom is the most recent gfs ensemble model run you go up one line, you've got uh, from now all the way through the next 15 days from the last model run. You go up to the third line from the bottom, it's two runs back, okay, and so on. So what you can do is go up to the go up and look at one horizontal line. For example, let's see. Um, I wish I could draw, but oh, wait. <gasps> oh, no, I'd have to edit image. We're not going to do that. Um, so you can see my cursor. Let's go closer. You can see my cursor here. Here is... Uh, yeah, right here, right in here, you see these 1.17 inches in 24 hours, 1.19 inches, and this is a Saturday, ending Saturday afternoon. So this says, okay, there could be an inch of rain in 24 hours, and the model's been pretty consistent the last one, two, three, uh, four runs. Before that, go straight up, it wasn't quite as heavy. So the GFS has become heavier for Saturday over the last few model runs. And it kind of does that again, Monday, Sunday night, Monday, maybe three quarters of an inch. And that's been a pretty steady, see the blues. Yeah. But none of those are enough to give us significant flooding over 24 hours. Something Go I ahead, added, Jeff. something I added to the seven day forecast was the possibility of some isolated thunderstorms and more convective showers, the heavier downpours Saturday afternoon. It looks like we'll kind of be in between oh, yeah. systems and we could have some instability. Um, so that's where we could see some, pretty hefty rainfall rates. I noticed that too. I was kind of, con- and the look on our graph model was like, Ooh, and it's West Southwest. So I was kind of mm-hmm. thinking, you know, Ooh, funnel clouds. Funnel I don't clouds. Know. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, Mark Camilla. would love to see one. Uh, Mark funnel clouds. Okay. No tornadoes. Do you know, <laughs> when he said at the, uh, winter weather forecasting conference this past Saturday, I think it shook a lot of people. Did I say that in public? You, you did. did. And I knew oh. it was coming. I was like, please don't say it, Mark. Please. And Wait, you're talking about you're talking about Mount Hood. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Mark Mark wants to see Mount Hood <laughs> gent- gently erupt sometime in his lifetime. Yeah. Gently. Yeah. 
All right, so this is the uh, six hourly um, European. So this is a European ensembles, and we go to just six hour. And I, I've, I've suddenly become a big fan of this when we're looking for first alert weather days here, which is like, is there going to be intense precip like during the morning or afternoon commute or midday, middle of the night, and eh, not quite as big of a deal? But uh, is there going to be any period where we get? I mean, in our area, we need like two tenths of an inch of rain per hour for several hours to even think about that. So that would be six hours. If you need like eight tenths or an inch of rain in six hours around here to cause local, you know, like that nuisance flooding, Jeff, you were just talking about, like urban flooding where it's like, oh, my gosh, part of this freeway briefly got covered in water. And and I just don't see that. Again, latest run of the Euro here from – wait, this is from yesterday. Why is it from yesterday? Where is the overnight one? That's weird. Okay, well, it's a day old, but same idea. Um, but you just don't see any six-hour amounts, 0.35. That's what we were just going to have last night. Sure enough, we didn't get you know that intense of rainfall. Maybe maybe Saturday morning, late night Saturday morning, a half inch or six-tenths of an inch of rain in six hours. It's only a tenth of an inch per hour. So eh, you just don't see any really intense stuff. And notice it gets lighter as we go out in time. So clearly, um, we're not going to enter a period here where we get just tons and tons and tons of rain and we have to worry about flooding. It looks like the intensity backs off. And maybe there's something again, right, Jeff, Sunday night and Monday? Yes, yeah, there's another wet system coming in. That'll be like the third um, of this Yeah. Series. So, and, and to elaborate on something I mentioned earlier, our river levels are pretty low. We don't have much snow to melt. So there's not going to be a right. lot necessarily filling up into our watersheds, and we won't have any of these, you know, bigger rivers flooding over. But, you know, local creeks at times could get higher and you know, the freeways could have the pooling and ponding type of situation. Some right. neighborhoods may have some pooling and ponding, but that's about all that we're really seeing. But for that reason, we don't have any first alert weather days. You know, I've, I've been looking because it's like, hey, it's, this is the time of the year we start looking for those. Could there be a day that really affects us pretty dramatically? And I just I don't see it. I, I kind of it's weird. I kind of want to see one. I'd like to see something like to kind of start the stormy season. But yeah. You like this graphic, I mean, kind of makes the point here. Let's go down to the third point, the valley windstorm. Uh, this shows the next seven to 10 days, if you're not watching a graphic, a first alert weather graphic here. The next six, seven to 10 days, do we see any of these events throughout November 10th? And these are the four kind of big events we can get here in the wintertime that really can affect us or mess up our lives. It's lowland snow, an Arctic blast, a valley windstorm, or widespread flooding. And I don't really see any good chance for any of those. The valley windstorm, you know, gusts over 50, we could suddenly get a low pressure that spins up that we don't know, you know, until we see it three or four days ahead of time. But right. I, I don't know. I don't see anything. Jeff, did you? I don't. It seems like most of the low systems are going to stay offshore. Um, gusting right. to coast. By the way, it's worth mentioning that uh, the Astoria Megalith Bridge gusted to 60 miles per hour this morning between, I think, 7 and 7.30. So... But, which is not unheard of, you know, this time of yeah, year along right. the coastline. Um, that's like a that's like a Tuesday morning. <laughs> well, I guess it would be yeah. a Thursday morning, but yeah, yeah, nothing that's too like, unusual there. Um, yeah. But I don't see that, and also you can't see it here. But I have nope on widespread flooding, just because these systems are moving pretty quick. Nothing's lingering for a long time. We're not getting a big Pineapple Express atmosphere forever. So. Again, and boy, the other thing is there is no hint of any sort of a cold pattern for lowland snow or an Arctic blast, which is funny because uh, you look, we can see about two weeks ahead and, and there's just nothing. It just looks mm -hmm. very mild, very mild. Let's sneak in a couple of weather terms of the week, just sneaking in. Go ahead. Oh. This topic. Zonal flow versus meridional flow. Nice. Camilla knows 
Okay, I like your reaction, Camilla. Okay, Camilla, you take it away. What 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 is zonal flow versus meridional flow? Yeah, so zonal flow is much more of the kind of typical what we see, right? Easterly, westerly, right? From uh, moving from west to east. Uh, yep. mm-hmm. meridional flow, like the meridians north-south. So that nice. definitely dictates uh, what type of weather we're going to be seeing, right? Because zonal flow tends to be, again, more more kind of mild, what we're used to seeing here, typically more wet. Uh, right, Jeff? Take it away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, th- those are the situations where we can get those atmospheric rivers, a lot of rain, high snow levels. It's and Mark, Mark is looking way out and, you know, he's not this graphic, but <laughs> yeah. what Mark was just saying, I know he's looking way out in the long-term forecast with ensembles uh-huh. and he's seeing that consistent zonal flow. And uh, we aren't seeing a switch over any sign of a switch over to meridional flow, which would end up bringing cooler air, lower snow levels and more f- interesting uh, forecasting. In fact, we don't even see a cold zonal flow. That's when we can get big snows where it's like systems are kind of combining out to the west of us. Cold air is coming out over the North Pacific and then swinging in over us. We don't see that even. So just these mild or maybe a kind of a splitty pattern showing up around two weeks. Okay, so folks. Okay, so just for fun, I put this in my blog post last night, the weather blog. Um, And the uh, European ensembles are run. There's a run that goes out to 46 days. All right. So every night. Now, of course, we don't put maps like this on the air, but um, uh, it was interesting. I I thought that starting about mid-month and then continuing for the next month, the the classic El Nino pattern is showing up in the uh, that model from mid-November to mid-December. Here's just the rainfall anomaly. It's clearly it shows drier than normal, significantly drier than normal in the Pacific Northwest and turning wetter than normal in California. Whether that really occurs or not. Uh, well, we will see, but um, I just thought that was interesting that it's, it, it's got, uh, I don't have the map here, but the upper level map, you can see um, high pressure over Western Canada quite a bit of that time during mm. that month. So we will see, does it turn into what, I mean, at some point, if we have this El Nino winter, you would expect a pattern like that to show up in the next two months. So we'll see if it happens. Let's just like mentally mark this down in our minds. Uh, early November, we're seeing the potential for a switch over to more of an El Nino pattern wet in the Southwest, drier in the Pacific Northwest. Um, we'll, I'll be curious. I've had a lot of people asking me because I've been showing a lot of those comparisons between the GFS and the European, which one is better for the Pacific Northwest? That's, I mean, I bet you guys are getting that question a lot too. And it's really hard to answer it. We don't really have a specific case study on the two computer models, but um, somebody said, it seems like the European model always performs better than the GFS, but I can just think about last Not always. Week. Right. Yeah. And last mm-hmm. week was a great example of that. It was not until like two days out when we got that rain and mountain snow that the European model finally nailed down the timing. The GFS was nailing down the timing like five days out. So um, it's always great to kind of compare and contrast and look at right. all the computer models. So, um, okay. So we've got this cool graphic we teased last week in the podcast. Um, we have it sitting on the back of our one of our big TV monitors in the studio that we can gaze at. It's the average annual precipitation. I hate this graphic right here because it shows my misprint. Um, <laughs> the average annual precipitation for the well, metro that's area. that's why I showed it, yeah. Yeah, of course. That's why Shaming it's up there. Jeff, Shaming. did I leave the paper in that room where you were recording? Is it there? That map? I mean, that chart? There are papers, but no. Unfortunately, yeah. Marky did not. It was too valuable. I didn't want to leave stuff like that just sitting around. That's like money. Okay, so 
what we're showing you here is how there are microclimates within the metro area. We have different elevation changes. We have, um, and, and because of that alone, uh, we see quite a difference in precipitation, there. average precipitation over a year, just from one side of the metro area to the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I should give full credit. So Charlie Ferris worked at the BPA, Bonneville Power Administration, and I think he stopped in 2019, or maybe he still runs it. I mean, he retired 20-something years ago. But for all these years, for decades, he had a, a, a group of spotters that recorded rainfall across the whole metro area. I mean, he started in the late 60s before I was born, folks, and he was still doing it as of just a few years ago. So this is, well, that's about 50 years of data and so he was able to get, you know, real good detail on, on the rainfall across the metro area. And when you average that amount of length of time, then uh, you get pretty good data. But it, you would think everybody gets the same rainfall in the metro, right? We all complain about it. But uh, there are much drier spots than others. And, and you can see them there um, yeah. in the Tualatin Valley, mm-hmm. especially uh, kind of the central and east side of the Tualatin Valley. And then right around PDX, Vancouver, Interstate Bridge, the lowest elevation. Well, for one, it's the lowest elevation. but um. Any guess as to why those two spots are kind of dry? I would hedge a bet that it's because they're downwind of mountains or the coast range. Right. Yeah. Rain shadow. Yeah. Rain shadow. The uh, Tualatin Valley is down, downwind of the coast range if our flow is westerly most of the time. And then the um, – actually, here's a better one. And then that dry area along the Columbia River in North Portland and South Vancouver, that is due to, yeah, down, the kind West of downslope from the West Hills. Yeah, 1,000 yeah. to 1,500 feet in there and um, a little bit drier in those places. So actually, our airport observations, let me get here. Can I zoom? There we go. The airport observations are on the northwest corner. The airport are within that yellowish area. So airport a- averages 36 to 37 inches of rain a year. Hmm. So pretty interesting, huh? So you yeah. can't complain you get too much rain there. What? Look at this one. You go out to the central and the east metro, and then you see the effect of the cascades, the, the air, mass as they, as, air masses as they come in. They start to feel those higher elevations around. It's called the boring volcanic area there where, you know, old volcanoes where it's lots of hills around boring and Happy Valley and Damascus. And those areas get, what, 50 inches of rain a year. It's wow, really interesting that we're showing- the, the, the east side of the metro area. We'll often, on snow events, where we have the scattered showers coming in, we will just mm-hmm. get impressive snow video from Happy Valley or Damascus or Estacada. Mm-hmm. Um, right. If you, if you think about it, a cloud forms with rising air and it dissipates with sinking air. So when the air sinks down the coast range or the West mm-hmm. Hills, um, it tends to leave us with drier weather but when it starts to rise again, let's say back up into the Cascade foothills, that rising air helps to, um, you know, bring more precipitation, if you will, um, increase the rainfall rates or the snowfall rates. So, And in fact, if you drive through the gorge, as you start driving, you know, through uh, East Portland, then Troutdale, then Multnomah Falls, it gets wetter and wetter. Bonneville Dam, I think, averages 90 inches of rain per year. Here's a good one. Here we go. Mm. Here's all of Oregon. Nice. And you can see those wet places, the Coast Range and the Cascades. Those areas in blue that we're looking at in the Cascades and the Coast Range, that's 60 inches or more. So those are wet places, especially the Central and North Cascades. And the Coast Range, look at these spots, these spots in the North Coast Range, where you've got kind of that pinkish color in the uh, Tillamook County, Lincoln County, Clatsop County. I mean, those, that's 140 to maybe 180 inches of rain a year. And same in Southwest Oregon. 
Yeah. Yeah, there's, I don't think there's a coincidence why a lot of our farms and our vineyards are set up right downwind of the coast range because they get more sunny days, more growing right. time. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure there are other factors, of course, but, um, you know, that's, that's pretty important stuff. Yeah. I always tell the kids when I go to schools, I'm like, hey, do you think of Oregon as a wet place or dry place? And they're all like, oh, no, it rains all the time. And then I go, <laughs> well, and I show this graphic. It's actually two thirds of Oregon is very dry. Very dry. Look at that. Uh, most areas, all the yellow areas, 20 inches or less of rainfall, yellow, oranges, reds. So very dry all across the lower elevations, east of the Cascades and some of the high desert spots as well. I, uh, I had a viewer um, looking at one of our rainfall forecasts, like, you know, a rainfall map and lives in eastern Clark County and said, man, those rainfall expectations for eastern Clark County are, are high. And that's because... That's one of the areas mm -hmm. that lives right at the base of the Cascades or right in the Cascade foothills. And you can see a dramatic difference in rainfall totals versus yeah. down in Vancouver. Those areas up around Amboy, Yakult, and then even slightly farther north out of the metro area, kind of those southwest slopes of Mount St. Helens really get dumped on that. What is that? The Swift Creek sensor? Swift? No. Sheep Creek? No, Sheep Canyon. Sheep and Swift. It's something like that. <laughs> and those places... You know, we'll get two inches of rain in Portland and they get eight inches up there in Sheep Heaven or Sheep Canyon, I think it is. <laughs> Swimmy, Sheep. Swami, Slappy, Samsonite. <laughs> no, I think it's Swift Creek. I think it's Swift Creek. Well, I know there's a Swift, yeah, reservoir, uh, but I know it's Sheep and Swift. Oh, God. Got it? Yeah. Thank you for making me feel better about my whole snow saying debacle. <laughs> yeah. Right. You there. know, Camilla, Appreciate it. what happened to you the other night? That happens to me like every night. <laughs> But we'll at least, to... you know, when I, at least when I do my graphics, I spell them correctly most of the time. Oh, oh stop it. You guys yeah. try formulating sentences and things like that at 4.30 in the morning and we'll, Couldn't. we'll see how, yeah. Couldn't be me. We'll I shared, yeah. I was shared with the guys before the podcast. I stood in my kitchen and I poured my coffee into a wine tumbler this morning because I can't <laughs> function before Too early. 9 a.m. Yeah. 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 So... Ugh. I think the big picture is that we have pretty wet weather coming. I mentioned this this morning. The football games this week are not going to be like the football games last week. Um, yeah. We have a pretty wet oh, that's right. Friday evening. So mm -hmm. I think I think it's fun to play football in the mud, but it's not fun for the fans and the moms <laughs> and the dads out there. So bring the ponchos, well, bring the rain gear. It Camilla. might be right. hitting second half, right? I mean, it's kind of Depending later on where Friday you're located. Night. You know That's what the true. timeline? The timeline seems like it's been moving up a little bit. You'll you'll have to oh. look at the updated models. Okay. When you get in, Jeff. We will refine and improve that forecast when we get in later today. <laughs> we'll let you know. We'll get back to you when we Jeff's decide. Just face right now. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Mark? Well, we'll make a few tweaks. Actually, I've been really good, haven't I? With the seven day, I'll take your forecast. I'm like, yeah, it looks good, and then only tweak a little bit. Yeah, not too bad. We, what about we the fallback? What about the fallback logo? Oh, yeah, we had a fight I actually, over that. No, we didn't fight. I texted Mark. I said it was getting a little bit busy up top with all the rain icons and the... Uh, True. The, we are falling back, by the way. That's probably a good thing to yeah. mention. Uh, Saturday night. Saturday night. Yep. So, Except that nowadays, yeah. there's almost nothing to change. Nowadays, it's so automated. Right. It's like... It's like the oven. You have to fix the yeah. oven and the one battery-powered clock up on the on the, uh, on the wall there. But I still feel like every year it's kind of a shock when you're like, oh, sunset at 440-something uh, or whatever, you know? And you're like, oh. So dark. Yeah. Yeah, always so dark. Yeah. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Mm-hmm. Um, 
All right. Well, that about does it. I think midweek next week, we could catch some dry time. And that's around when we're going to be recording our next podcast. So uh, we always appreciate you joining us. This was episode 76. Uh, Have a great weekend. Stay dry out there. You're waiting and hesitating and tell us, please tell us.